Hey, it's Bree. This Friday night, CityCast Denver is hosting our first live show. Come hang out with us at 6 p.m. at Mutiny Information Cafe. We're part of the Underground Music Showcase, and we're going to be talking about what diversity in the local music scene really means. It's free in all ages, so join us. Today on CityCast Denver. At the southwest corner of 14th and Lapan in La Alma Lincoln Park sits an inconspicuous plot of land. Surrounded by single-family homes, duplexes, and apartments, it's a small green space lined with trees, beautiful flagstone, and lots of shady places to sit. It's not officially part of the city's park system, but the Jerry Martinez Family Memorial Park is in every other sense a neighborhood park, thanks to longtime Westside resident Flo Archuleta, who for the past 30-plus years has picked up trash, watered and cut the grass, and acted as a steward of this land. She's watched her neighborhood change all around this park, Going from a part of the city where gangs ruled the streets to a place where real estate agents and developers are now making millions off these tiny historic homes. And now it looks like her park might be sold off too. Today is Tuesday, August 24th, 2021. I'm Bree Davies and this is CityCast Denver. are great. This is beautiful. I've driven by it a million times. Yeah. It's lovely. We have a lot of people who come here. It's great. People who work and come yeah. over and have their lunch. Yeah, it's off. perfect for that. My producer Paul Caroli and I arranged to meet up with Flo Archuleta in her park this past weekend. She showed up with her daughter Natasha, her granddaughter Shimea, and her great-grandson Azarias Lazarus. So the the reason I wanted to talk to you was um, we did a story a couple of weeks ago about the historic and cultural district in La Alma Lincoln Park. Um, and my friend Anthony Garcia, our mutual friend, reached out to me and said, hey, you know, that's an interesting concept and everything. But I have this friend Flo and she lives in this neighborhood and she's going through this situation with a park. And it just seems contradictory to me that they're doing this project to preserve the neighborhood, but my friend Flo might be losing this park that she's been taking care of for 30 years. 31 years. 31 years. And so how did this park come to be? Okay, it was um, full of weeds and debris, broken couches, chairs, and gang uh, was controlling this little area here. It was all fenced up, and they used to come here at night and caused problems for the people in the community and this went on for years and um, one time there was a phone payphone right here at the corner and I was on the payphone there with my children I came to the phone to call my son and when I was on the phone with him um, I could hear uh, hollering and carrying on in the background and one of the young men jumped over the, f- the fence and went up to me and hit me with the radio it was one of those big radios they used yeah. at the time yeah and uh, he said, you're not allowed to come over here when we're having um, an, 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 yeah, that's a hard word for me to say. But yeah. anyway, they were doing that. And they were, so they were doing on a gang initiation in yeah. the park, in this plot of land that yeah. we're in right now. That was housing authorities' property. And it hadn't been maintained in many years. It was this, just the same way. It was full of weeds, 
debris, broken bottles. Uh, people were getting stabbed, shot at. And, I mean, it was a mess right here. So when he hit me with the radio, my son said, Mom, what's going on? And I said, this guy just hit me over there with the radio and told me to get off the block. And he said, I'll be over there shortly. And he brought some of his friends that used to projects were there. And he said, I'm, we're going to go over there and have a talk with these guys right now because I'm tired. And so is all the neighborhood of what they're doing, going around, beating people up, and nobody's doing anything about it. Yeah. So, I mean, the police were called on them on several occasions, but nothing was ever done. It's just a continuous thing. And so they got together and they went and had a talk with him and roughed him up a little bit and told him, you have to get out of this neighborhood. You just out of here. Well, housing evicted all of them. They were out. And uh, the, the director at the time came over yeah. and talked to me. And he said that um, he didn't want to call the police. He didn't want no problem. But he understood where myself and the neighborhood people uh, stood behind this whole incident. And we were really tired. There's a lot of people who got robbed and beat up in this area. Nobody's doing nothing. Yeah. It was just a mess. Yeah. So after this whole thing happened, it cleared up. They, they were gone. They didn't come back and bother. And uh, I thought, well, you know what? Since we're talking about this little area and make sure they don't come back, how about if I go ahead and put a community garden in there or something? And he said, sure, it would be great. He said, but we are not furnishing you with the water, the, the seed, anything, you know, what you need for the, par- for the garden, you're going to have to supply yourself. And I said, oh, this is no problem. I will do that. So I reached out to Denver Urban Gardens. And I told him that they had given me permission to tear out of all these weeds and all this stuff. And if I could, there's any chance they could help me out with seeds and plants. And Yeah, yeah, they'll give me some. Well, the first year in 1990, we really didn't have much of a garden because it, it was such a mess. It took us months and months. And, Just to clean up the trash. Yeah. The and was so bad. Yeah. And so um, the trash cans were filled to the top some of the neighbors were complaining, so they had to bring an extra one just for, for all the junk we were dragging out of here and weeds and everything else. It was just kind of a, a junkyard. Like there you go. People were just using it you to You couldn't throw give one of these homes away in this neighborhood. Right. They, they would pay you to, you could pay somebody to move here, and they might, because it was so terrible neighborhood. It was terrible right here. And how long have you been in this neighborhood? Oh, all my life. <laughs> Your whole life. Yeah, I won't move out. I love the the west side. So what I did is I got my water from the neighbor next door here. Jerry Valenzuela used to own this house. And, uh, you know, we worked yeah. together, had hoses. He goes, well, anyway, could you take care of my front yard while you're at it? I go, well, yeah, at least I could do that. I'm doing everything else here. So I would do that. And we had a beautiful garden. That was 90, 91, 92, 93. My son was killed in 93. What happened to your son? Somebody took him from here in the community when he went to go cash his check at the liquor store right over here, Crossman King Supers, and they took him to 27th and Stout Street, and they killed, they shot him with two different guns. I'm so sorry. How old was he? Twenty-four. Mm-hmm. And what happened is when he was murdered, we buried him in, in March of 1993, and it was time, the season and another month was for the garden again. And so what happened was um, I wasn't too much into gardening that year, so I was just kind of going to clean it up and leave it for another year until 94 and come in here and restart the garden again. How uh, Denver Urban Garden said, you know, came out and said, well, 
are you going to put the garden this year or not? Because they used to give me the seeds in the in the plants. And I said, no, I, don't, I think I'm going to pass this year and let the everything settle over here, get it cleaned up again and get ready for 94. And they said, would you like to just make it into a, you ever think of having a, a memorial park for your son? And I said, I would love that, but I mean, what do I have to do to do that? He goes, Signatures of the community, a petition. From Sal Carpio at DHA. Yeah. Sal Carpio. So he said, you just need to get signatures from the community and we can turn this into a park for yes. your son. A hundred signatures. And you got close to 300. Yes. So clearly you know some people. Yeah. <laughs> and so by 94, we were already establishing a park and designing, trying to come up with designs. And that's when Denver Urban Garden came in and said, Flo, we could help you with the materials. We, there's some things we can do and some things we can't do. And you can get community people to help you. So they did. They came in with materials. They done the, the rocks all the way around here. They done um, the, the benches. And they, they done some, a lot of the heavy stuff that we couldn't do. Sure. Yeah. And so it was established. It was, became a community park. Ever since 1994, Flo has been taking care of her park. She picks up trash, she picks up dog poop, she makes sure the plants get watered, and it's all because of that agreement she made with Sal Carpio, who was the longtime head of the Denver Housing Authority, or DHA, which technically owns the land. But here we are almost 30 years later, and Sal Carpio has died without leaving any physical legal documentation of his arrangement with Flo. So they come in, so DHA has approached you in the last couple of months or years? Or? Yeah, just in the last couple of years, they came in and put up the sign and put in that box over the water. And I go, why are you doing that? And they said, well, because this is Denver Housing Authority uh, property. And I go, it is not. You abandoned me when you started knocking down those projects. They were right here on 14th and La Pan. Yeah. And they left from here. They moved out. Well, we had a meeting with them not too long ago, and they said they wanted to, uh, they were thinking of selling the property to real estate. And that, um, yeah. They to, wanted build to build affordable housing. Mm -hmm. And I said, that that doesn't sound, oh, you know, you're not doing that to my son's park. This is my park. You right. are not taking it from me. No, it's right. not going to happen. Because it's not their property anymore. They, they done lost it. Yeah, you've taken care of it for decades. 31 years. That's a long time. But you never had, unfortunately, there wasn't any, like, legal paperwork with Sal at that point. Yeah. And then kind of Sal moves on. And, and we should have probably had that. But, how, you know, how would you know? So now, do you know where you are in the process with them? Have you heard from them No, lately? we're having a meeting soon. Okay. We're, we're supposed to get together and have a meeting. Have you talked to your council person, to uh, uh, Torres? She was supposed to be at the meeting. Uh, she didn't show up? Okay. She showed up. I mean, I'm sure she's got a lot of things to do, but still, like, this is important, obviously. It is. It's, it's, you know? it's very important. Um, I, feel, I feel like they want to cheat me out of my park. Yeah. And I don't think that that's right. And I told him, you know, if you don't want to give it to me like I've earned it already... Then at least have the decency to sell it to me for, and uh, for a thousand dollars. I mean that's fair, you know. Yeah. Think for all the people who live here and the property and yeah. upgrading it we and all the work I've done. Further by saying, you can sell it to us for the the, the what the value was in 1990. When when, when we, she took it when, when you took, took it over, yeah. 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 We will accept that. Which yeah, 
mm-hmm. which was very different That's, than it is at this moment. It's it's really yeah. hard for them to understand the work that went into this park and the yeah. years. I could have retired from a job at 31 years. This is my job. Yeah. You know, I've I've had it from the day my my son yeah. passed on. He used to be part of the the garden and he used to help me. He used with to it. help with the garden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, makes you wonder because this case was never solved. Really. Yeah. Really. I'm sorry. You wonder who killed him. Yeah. I do wonder all the time if it was maybe the gang met, was here. The retaliation of some kind or something. For yeah. Something that happened in the neighborhood. Yeah. So. You've seen a lot in this neighborhood. Yeah. Obviously. But it's not like that any longer. No. And people feel secure here now. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. you've seen it through it all. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, so. I've experienced it. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for doing the work that you do. Thank you for sharing your story with us. Hopefully it'll be good at the end. Yeah, I hope that for you too. I hope that for the neighborhood. Yeah, me too. I would like to see it uh, continue. And so would my neighbors. After speaking with Flo, I got in touch with the Denver Housing Authority and spoke with Annie Hancock, DHA's Interim Director of Community Connections. I wanted to hear how DHA thinks about this parcel of land now, what their plans are for the future, and how Flo's Memorial Park fits into that future. We had reached out to Flo really in the past few months, and this was really uh, an effort by DHA to begin having this conversation about the future of this parcel of land. Um, In thinking about it, we wanted to just initiate the conversation to see what were some of the possibilities for this property and how could we engage with the family to really memorialize the the family legacy um, and bring the community together together to get a you know a better understanding of what could be um, in this park. We see this as a, a, a location that's you know in close proximity to Denver's employment and education hubs with the Rary campus and downtown near the light rail. And so we're really just thinking about what are some future opportunities um, that we can utilize and um, continue to provide that these opportunities for all residents of Denver um, to have a safe place to live. However, also wanting to think about what, you know, how do we honor this family and the legacy of this family in the neighborhood? And how do we bring them into the process about, as well as the larger Lom and Lincoln Park neighborhood to really ensure that this is a community-driven, well-thought-out project um, and opportunity for this land? Um, We want to make sure this is a very collaborative process and honor the community and uh, the the culture of uh, La Alma, Lincoln Park neighborhood. But we also, you know, our mission here at DHA is um, to provide, um, you know, safe, decent, and affordable housing that promotes thriving communities. So how can we continue to do that both here in this neighborhood as well as throughout the city? And so I think that's a conversation that, you know, we want to have with the community and um, work with them really to understand what are the overwhelming needs for Denver and how can we support that and support the community. The fate of the Jerry Martinez Family Memorial Park feels like an all too familiar story in Denver. A community takes care of itself and its land for decades while going unnoticed by the city. 
property values rise, and suddenly the land is of interest to outside forces. In this case, those outside forces are the Denver Housing Authority, which is in charge of something Denver needs badly, more affordable housing. But at what cost? Who wins and who loses? I can see our dire need for affordable housing in the city, but I also see the blood, sweat, and tears of Flo Archuleta. When no one else cared about the land on the west side, she did. As I stood at the corner of 14th and La Pan, the contrast was so stark. I could see Flo 30 years ago, fending off gang activity on her own block. Now, in 2021, I can see that same block being populated by people who look like me, young white folks walking their dogs. What is to become of Jerry Martinez Family Memorial Park? What if DHA sells it off to some other developer? What happens when Flo's not around to take care of it anymore? And what will become of the West Side when longtime residents like Flo aren't around anymore to remember what came before? And here's what else is happening in Denver today. The Food and Drug Administration has officially approved Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine. Previously distributed under an emergency use authorization, the vaccine now has a proper name, too. Comirnaty. So if that emergency authorization was the last thing stopping your hesitant uncle, mom, or <coughs> brother from getting vaccinated, definitely let them know the good news. But it's not all peaches and cream here in Denver because bike theft is on the rise. According to the Denver Post, more than 2,000 bikes have already been reported stolen this year, which is just shy of the total number of thefts in all of 2020. Police recover so few of these bikes that some Denverites have formed online communities to go track down and reclaim stolen bikes. That sounds like a recipe for disaster to me. The police advise bikers to register their bike serial numbers with the city before they're stolen, make sure to have a good solid lock, and please do not take justice into your own hands. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us, rate the show wherever you get your podcasts, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See you at UMS on Friday. Oh, are you serious? Comernity? Comernity? Comanity? Oh my god.